This is I Am Robert A. Brown Ministries. The following is a recent Sunday morning message given by Pastor Robert Brown. Hallelujah. Genesis 1-1. I am reading from the King James Version. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to the Most High God. Hallelujah. I just feel so secure in His presence. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. I feel so at peace, amen, when I think about him and not me. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. I get that sense that everything's going to be all right in him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Woo, Jesus. Amen. Genesis 1-1. It is believed by most scholars, amen, that the first five books of the Bible were written by Moses. And it is uh, surmised by others that Moses got the contents, amen, of the first five books of the Bible during one of his 40-day stints on Mount Sinai, amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Here in this account is the beginning of all things that we see and know, amen, in Genesis 1 one amen hallelujah so here begins the reading of god's holy word amen it reads in the beginning god created the heaven and the earth amen in the literal translation amen it would be in the beginning god created the heavens and the earth amen Hallelujah. Brother Pastor, why are you reading this today? We've read this so many times. Amen. There's so many revelations from this one scripture. Amen. But in these evil times, in a pandemic ridden world, in a political uh, divided world. Amen. Hallelujah. With many people doing their own thing. Amen. There is out there a perception of God and not only in the world, but in the church that is erroneous that is false amen hallelujah god wants me today amen through scripture to convey who he is especially to his people amen hallelujah we could get lost sometimes you heard me say in the past amen i thought at one time in my life that god was trying to kill me i literally thought that god was trying to kill me Felt like I was out of his will and he was trying to kill me. My perception of God at that point was incorrect. I was ordained in the ministry. I was pastoring my own church, amen, or the church that, yeah, let me put it there, my own church. God wasn't in it. Hallelujah. <laughs> Glory to God. Hallelujah. And thought that God was trying to kill me. Things were not going my way, amen. And I was blaming it on God. And oftentimes in our churches, we don't really know who God is. We have a glimpse of God. Or we have God in one scene we see in the Bible. But we don't see God in his totality. And no human being can. But see God in his more overarching our way is a more overarching personality and today God wants me to deal with that amen next slide so our title today is who is God who is God have you ever asked yourself that question I go to church I give my tithes I give my offerings I'm there every Sunday I dance I shout but who is God? What is he about? Just like how you know who your friends are or who your spouse is. You know them intimately. You know their ways. But who is God? And we're going to deal with that today. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's pray one more time. Father God, we come before you in the matchless name of Jesus. We thank you and praise you for everyone gathered here. We thank you for those that are gathered online. And we pray that you draw more people, Lord God, to this online service, Lord God. Hallelujah, in the name of Jesus. Draw them to their tablets, their phones, their internet-connected devices, Lord God. 
that their, their laptops, Lord God, that they might join and hear a word about your son, Jesus Christ. We thank you today. We praise you, Lord God, for what you're about to do. This task you've given me is far too great for me. You are the preacher. You are the teacher. Teach today. Preach today like never before. Fill your people to overflowing with their spiritual nourishment out of your word. We thank you today. We praise you and we bless you in Jesus' name. Somebody say amen. amen. Who is God? We're going to take a look at it today. Amen. Hallelujah. Next slide. This word God, amen, in the Hebrew, because the original text was written in Hebrew in the Old Testament, as you've heard me say over and over again. Amen. This word God here is the word Elohim. And it means God or gods. The word El means God. The, uh, the second half of the word Him pluralizes it or makes it more than one. Amen. Hallelujah. So he says in, uh, later on in this chapter, let us make man using a plural pronoun. Amen. That there is more than one one hallelujah so father son and the holy spirit were involved in creation amen it says hallelujah let me read some more definitions so god or gods in the ordinary sense plural of eloah or god but specifically used in the plural thus especially with this article of the supreme god or the creator hallelujah glory to god Father, Son, and Holy Spirit were involved in creation, and they are supreme. So who is God? He's a supreme being. He is a creator. Hallelujah. Everything that we see, we feel, we experience in life was made by God. Now, things have been perverted or altered from God's intent, but all things are made by God. He is supreme. He is absolute. He is sovereign, or the only ruler of the universe. But here it gives us a hint, amen, of the plurality of God. It doesn't mean there are many gods, but that God, and we're going to get into it later. I don't want to get ahead of myself, amen, hallelujah, but it denotes a plurality. More than one. Not more than one God, but more than one person. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Let's go to the next slide. God is one. Well, brother Pastor, you were just talking about plurality. Now you're talking about one. So God's, God's math is different from our math. And we're going to take a look at it. Amen. Hallelujah. We've all heard of this next scripture in this next slide. Let's go to the next slide. Here in the book of Deuteronomy, where Moses is speaking to the second generation of the Israelites, those that were young or unborn in Egypt, amen, or were young in Egypt and now are older in the wilderness, or those that were unborn and were born in the wilderness during that 40-year period, amen. He's speaking to the second generation, the generation that will enter into the promised land of Canaan, which we know as Israel, Hallelujah. Glory to God. And Deuteronomy means second law. So here Moses is conveying the law to them again. Hallelujah. And he says to them, hallelujah, hear, O Israel. Amen. So he's specific, speaking specifically to Israel here. Hallelujah. The Lord our God is one Lord. Now this is very sacred to the Israelite uh, uh, Israelite uh, who worships the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the Orthodox Jew, amen, they speak this two or three times a day in Hebrew. So hero Israel, Jehovah, our Elohim is one Jehovah. This gives you another clue of the plurality of God, although saying one is three words, there's Jehovah, Elohim, Jehovah. God is one being. This, is, this was also to establish the Israelites to not worship, be pagan worshipers or worship the God of the moon, the stars, the sun, that you worship many gods. No, you worship one God. So who is God? He is one God. 
Hallelujah. Glory to God. Let's go to the next slide. God's complex unity. God's complex unity. What are you talking about, brother pastor? Let's dig into it. Hallelujah. Next slide, please. Hallelujah. We're coming out of 1 John 5 and 7. Hallelujah. This is the same John that wrote the Gospel of John. The same John that wrote uh, the book of Revelation. Hallelujah. This John, John the Elder, John the Apostle that lived the longest to around 100 years old. What is he saying? Hallelujah. He's saying, for there are three that bear record in heaven. The Father, the Word, we know in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And we know in verse 14 of John 1, amen, that the, the Word became flesh and dwelt amongst us. This is a reference to Jesus, amen, hallelujah. So there are three that bear record in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost, and these three are one. These three are one. See, this is difficult for us as human beings to understand because I am one of one. I, I, I'm, I'm just me. I'm one being and one personality. But God is a being that is complex. He is a being that is beyond our understanding. Even though I'm going to try to explain it to you, I can't fully convey his nature, amen, hallelujah, glory to God, that three are one. The best I can do for you, amen, hallelujah, is we think about the sun in the sky, the S-U-N in the sky, amen, hallelujah, glory to God. We see the physical sun in the sky, amen, but coming off that sun, amen, or sun rays, amen, hallelujah, and coming off those rays are heat, amen, hallelujah, hallelujah. It kind of gives us the idea, but not quite, amen, of the three in oneness of God. That Father God would be the physical sun. That the light coming off the sun, the sun rays, amen, would be Christ, amen. And the heat coming off those rays would be the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. I didn't make that up, amen, hallelujah. That was that's a, an analogy that's been going around for years, amen, hallelujah. But this God, this creator, the supreme being is complex in that he's three in one. We don't serve multiple gods. We serve one God. Let me, let's, next slide, please. Hallelujah. If you look at this slide, amen, that I have up, amen, hallelujah, we have one being with three personalities. Hallelujah. It's been described to me, amen, that God's like a pretzel. He's not a literal pretzel, amen, hallelujah, but a pretzel has a nature of being intertwined, amen, uh, where all the pieces are just one. Hallelujah. He's one being, one God, three persons. He's complex. He's not like us. He's a different kind of being where three is one. We can't fully wrap our heads around it, but three is one. One plus one plus one equals one. God. So we as Christians don't worship many gods. We serve, we worship one God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Father, Son, or Christ, and Holy Spirit. Three in one. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Y'all give me a little credit for making this slide right here. Amen. Anyway, <laughs> I'm just having, it was, it was a challenge, y'all. Anyway, hallelujah. Next slide. I'm just having fun with you. Amen. Hallelujah. Saints of God, the Lord changes not. The Lord changes not. I've gone through some changes in my life. I've evolved. I've grown. I've matured. I've come closer to my potential. I still have a long way to go. But the Lord changes not. Let's go to the next slide. Malachi 3 and 6. I'm reading from the Amplified Version. Amen. With this scripture. Amen. 
Here it says, for I am the Lord and I do not change, but remain faithful to my covenant with you. That is why you, O sons of Jacob, have not come to an end. Amen. In other words, he's saying, amen, as much as you've done wrong, because I'm keeping my covenant with your forefather, Abraham. Amen. I've not brought your whole uh, race of people to an end. I shouldn't call them a race. I have not brought your nation to an end. God does not change. It's a big word. He is immutable. He is changeless. He's not flaky. See, when we as human beings are flaky, we are one way today and another way tomorrow. But God is consistent day by day. This is not to justify that the more recent revelations found in the New Testament are not God because God doesn't change. So why would he make up something new? No, he was always that way. And as I was mentioning to you last week, amen, the Bible is a progressive revelation that over time God revealed more and more about himself because the world was ready to handle it. Just like we wouldn't give calculus to a kindergartner. They're not ready for it. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Let's look at this word Lord. Next slide. Hallelujah. So this word Lord, amen, is what we would we use in English is Jehovah or Yahovah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Or in the Hebrew, it would be yud Hey vav Hey. Because Hebrew has no vowels. yud Hey vav Hey. We'll get more into that in a second. But this Lord or Yehovah or Jehovah, amen, is the proper name of the God of Israel. Or Yahweh is another way of saying it. The, the pronunciation of Jehovah was unknown until 1520 when it was introduced by Galatinus. The one bringing into, uh, so this Jehovah means the one uh, bringing into being, the life giver, giver of existence, creator. He brings to pass, performer of promises. Hallelujah. The one who is the absolute and unchangeable one. Ha, my God, the existing. Hallelujah. Glory to God. The ever living. Hallelujah. As self consistent and unchangeable. The one who ever coming into who's ever coming into manifestation as the God of redemption. Amen. Hallelujah. God is perfect. And needs not to evolve, needs not to change, is not coming into his potential. He is. He can learn nothing else. He can grow no further. He is God. An absolute. And guess what? He doesn't need our help. <laughs> There's nothing I can offer God. There's nothing you can offer God. He does not need any assistance. He's God. And oftentimes in our religious zeal, our enthusiasm, our passion, we feel like we can help God. If you could help God, he wouldn't be God. He'd be greater than us, but he wouldn't be God. God needs nothing. Oh, my God. He just dropped another thing on me. Hallelujah. You know what? God doesn't even need our praise. Uh-oh. I know in church circles, we say, you know, we, we believe that God is a praise fiend. Like he's addicted to praise. If we choose not to praise him, the rocks will cry out. God needs nothing. We praise him in response to his goodness to us. We give him credit. We give him honor. We give him glory. We lift him up with our voices because he's so wonderful. But he's a perfect being that needs nothing. He's self-existent, self-contained. You can't make him happy. He's already happy. 
Hallelujah. Next slide, please. Let's get a little deeper here. Hallelujah. We're going to revisit. Amen. Hallelujah. This yud Hey vav Hey, Amen. That is the Hebrew writing of Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. We know that Yud, amen, in the Hebrew, amen, uh, mean it's a hand that is accomplishing a mighty deed, amen, hallelujah, that Yud, amen, hallelujah, that small little, it looks like a uh, accent mark, hallelujah, the hey, amen, hallelujah, which looks like our N, hallelujah, with a little opening in it, hallelujah, is a man lifting up his hands to the heavens, to reveal it means, to behold, to look, the vav, amen, hallelujah, is symbolic of a nail, amen, hallelujah, or picture of a nail, hallelujah. And then we have the hay again, a man lifting up his hands to heaven to reveal, hallelujah, to behold, to look, amen, hallelujah. So yud hey vav hey, or what we would know as Jehovah or Yahweh or Lord in English, amen, means behold the hand, behold, behold the nail, or the hand reveals, the nail reveals, amen. The name Jehovah points to Jesus Christ crucified on the cross the the hand reveals the nail reveals hallelujah in god's name hallelujah he was pointing to the cross god didn't react to man's sin and oh i better come up with a plan in his name Being omniscient, all-knowing. He knows past, present, and future. Being omnipotent, he's all-powerful. He knew that Adam would make the wrong choice. Yet, being a free will agent or made in the image of God with an ability to choose right or wrong, God had to give him that opportunity. If Adam did not have a free will, it would mean that God did not love him. He would just have been a robot. It would have meant that God was insecure and not able to allow Adam to make a choice, whether right or wrong. We can apply that to our relationships. Listen, be with people who want to be with you. If you don't want to be with me, it ain't meant to be. Can't make people do stuff because that's not love. Really, it's born out of insecurity. God's not insecure. I'm going to allow Adam to make a choice. Why? Because I love him. Amen. Hallelujah. All right. We got off on a little tangent. Next slide. Let's look at. He's the Lord that changeth not. This word change. Amen. In the Hebrew is a word called shana or shana. To repeat, do again, I am, I do not change, become different, I do not adapt, I do not adjust, I do not improve, I do not evolve or transform. God changes not. He is changeless. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Next slide. To drive home this point, amen. God is the same yesterday, today, and forever, amen, as the scripture says. Let's go to the next slide. This is Hebrews 13 and 8. I'm reading from the Amplified Version, amen. It says, Jesus Christ is eternally changeless, always the same yesterday and today and forever. So that's just driving home the previous point of God being uh, changeless. He is complete. He is consistent. God is stable. What if we had a flaky God? Oh, my goodness. You'd be like, oh, I don't know. Today. You just said that, God, but now you changed your word, and now you're saying this? We don't, we don't serve a flaky God. Oh, God, he just dropped something else on me. Listen. If God gave you a personal rhema word, look to walk that out first before you move on to something else. I have been guilty of trying to get off what he told me to do first and trying to move on to something else. Let's say, for example, God told me to 
start this church. He's not going to change his mind and now tell me uh, he made a mistake. Let me go do something else. I got to finish what is before me. Now, could there be, well, I don't even want to say that because I'm going to scare y'all. Holiday, I'm just doing what I'm supposed to do and not moving on to something else. Holiday, I remember when I was single, amen, and I was so confused, amen. He told me who my wife is, but, you know, I would look different places and, uh, you know, like God changed his mind. He didn't. Hallelujah, he changes not, so he's consistent. He can be counted on. Amen. He is reliable. Hallelujah. Let's go to the next slide. The God we serve, God is a spirit. God is a spirit. Let me just say this to a side. The sacrifice that Christ made was so great for you and I that when he put on flesh, he did not take it off. God the Son is a man forevermore. But here I'm talking specifically about God in general. God is a spirit. Let's go to the next slide. Hallelujah. We know the scripture. Amen. John 4, 24. Hallelujah. This is Jesus speaking to the, uh, the woman at the well. He says, God, this, and it's in red. He's telling us, this is the revelation from Christ, that God is a spirit. And they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Amen. Because she, as a Samaritan woman, was not worshiping God in the proper way. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So what does this word spirit mean? Amen. In the Greek, because now we're in the New Testament portion of the Bible, it's the word pneuma. We spoke about this recently. It means spirit, i.e. a simple essence devoid of all, all or at least all grosser, grosser meaning fleshly, earthly manner. So it's God we're not talking about Christ in this instance, but we're talking about God in totality. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Is an immaterial being. He's not fleshy. He's not earthly. He is spirit. God is a spirit essentially. He's, he's not someone besides Christ. We know Christ put on flesh that we can handle with our hands. He is a spirit. He's a being that is superior than us. We can't fathom God's nature as spirit. And unseen things have made the visible things, as Paul talked about in Corinthians. Hallelujah. I believe it's Corinthians. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. So God is a spirit. Now, because of Jesus' great sacrifice, he lives in flesh, flesh and spirit. It's no longer flesh and blood at the right hand of the Father God. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Let's go to the next slide. We're talking about who is God. I'm going to review it all at the end. Who is God? So here we see that God is a God of justice, mercy and truth. God is a God of Justice, mercy, and truth. Let's take a look at the next slide. Next, hallelujah. Psalm 89, 14. It reads, justice and judgment are the habitation of thy throne. Mercy and truth shall go before thy face. What does this all mean? Hallelujah. Let's look at some definitions here. Next slide. Justice, amen, hallelujah. Now we're back in the Old Testament, so the words are different. They're Hebrew now, hallelujah, is sadek, hallelujah, glory to God. And it means rightness or righteousness, moral, fairness, equity. God is moral. He is 
fair even when we don't think he is. He's fair according to his own judgments, his own perceptions, his own knowledge. He is fair. He is right. God's never wrong. Although I argue with him, amen, hallelujah, I'm always wrong. He's always right. My God. Quick example, amen. Yesterday, amen, my, so my shoes are getting, I have a lot of walking in my job. My current job, I walk a great deal, amen. And my shoes were starting to wear out. And I said, I can't be walking around with holes in my shoes. So uh, I intended to go to a shoe store called DSW that's here in New York. I was doing some errands yesterday for the church, amen. And uh, I j God impressed upon me, no, go to J.C. Penney's. Now, the pl I, uh, I intended to buy one pair of shoes, uh, they were expensive. They're $160. Amen. That was in my mind. I, you know, I like a, diff a, a particular type of shoe, and they are expensive. But in my spirit, I felt impressed, amen, from God that I must go to J.C. Penney. So I go to J.C. Penney yesterday uh, against what I wanted to do. I had plans. I wanted to go to DSW. So I go to J.C. Penney, and I go to the men's section, and I walk around. I don't see anything superficially that I like. So I'm thinking, oh, I must have missed God. Let me go to DSW. Didn't feel like driving out there because I was in Bayshore and I would have had to drive to the larger one, which is in um, the Dix Hills kind of Northport area. So something inside me, and I know it's God, said go around, walk around again. So I walked around again and I walked around more slowly. And I looked, I said, oh, those are nice. So I picked up two pair of those, you know, to, to see which one would fit me. And I tried those on. I said, oh, they look good. Looked in the mirror. All right, how much do they cost? Okay. And then out of the corner of my eye, I see another pair, brown. So I had a black and a brown. I'm, I'm making a point here, y'all. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So I tried those on. Those are even more comfy than the black ones. And then I feel impressed in me by both. I only intended to buy one pair. So God's, God's rightness in this, hallelujah. And then I had impressed in my spirit, look on your phone for a coupon. <laughs> all this happened. I'm not just making it, all this happened. I found a 25% coupon. So I got the shoes I like, went up to the cashier. I asked her, I said, can I ask you a quick question? Will this coupon work here? She said, yes. In the end of the day, as I'm paying for the shoes, they come out to be $130. So I got two pair of shoes for less than the one pair I intended to buy. Why? Because God is right. And God cares about the little details of your life, whether you think he should or not. So I was going to spend extra money, amen. I would have been like over $300 for two pair of shoes if I bought them on successive weeks. But God saved me some money because he's always right. He's always right. Well, God doesn't care about my shoes. How do you know? God is the most considerate being in the universe. He's always thinking about you and your well-being. All right. All right, we talked about justice, amen. Judgment, amen. Mish, mishpat in the Hebrew, amen. It's obviously judgment, but judgment is the ability to make considered decisions or come to a sensible conclusion. God takes under consideration the decisions he makes. He will not pervert it. He will not alter or corrupt the decisions he makes. He's not, he doesn't have an agenda that is selfish. It's to benefit you and I. Amen. He has sound judgment or comes to sound good decisions every time. Not some of the times, but every time. Hallelujah. Let's look at this word habitation. Amen. It's a fixed or established place, a foundation. So God's foundation, amen, his throne, amen, hallelujah, glory to God, is to make sound 
decisions, to be fair, to be equitable, to be moral. Hallelujah. This is the God we serve. Hallelujah. This is not the world we see. Amen. Or not the human leaders we come in contact with, but this is God. Hallelujah. And let's look at his mercy. Hallelujah. His has said, hallelujah. He's kind. It means kindness, beauty, favor, or pity. The God we serve is a God of mercy. Kindness. Your God is kind. We as Christians can be real mean, but God is kind. Have you ever thought in your mind that God is kind? But his word tells us here when we define it that he is kind. Full of beauty, favor, and pity for he had pity for mankind when man was caught up in his sins. He had pity on us, a mercy. And lastly, truth, amen, a meth in the Hebrew, firmness, faithfulness, reliability, sureness, stability. God is stable. He's consistent. The truth is eternal. It repeats itself. It goes over and over again. It is the same. It's not when you go back and look at it that it's changed. It is consistent. God is consistent. He's merciful. He's kind. He makes sound choices. He's moral. He's right. And he is fair. Who is God? This is who God is. God's not a mean man throwing down lightning bolts on us. You know, there's so many prophecies, amen, that Christians have of how doom and gloom is going to come on America. And yes, it looks like their prophecies have come to pass that God is judging America. God brought the COVID-19. But why would God kill Christians? There have been Christians who have died from COVID-19. Why would God do that? Is he in the business of killing Christians? Why would he send his son to die for us and then thousands of years later kill Christians? No, this is a choice that man made to live independent of God. And when we live independent of God, we have things like disease, war, rape, murder, pandemics, corrupt leaders. This is man. That's what man is. See, humanism is a, a, a philosophy where we attribute all the things that I'm talking about God onto human beings. We've got to see ourselves as fallen apart from God. We are not good. We are not fair. We are not consistent. We are not truthful. We do not judge rightly. We are imperfect and in need of the perfect one who is God. That's why uh, I don't mean to be a Debbie Downer but, yes, we've had an inauguration, but it does not mean that the world would just change and be all good. And everything's going to be perfect now. My candidate's in office. No, he's a human being just like you and I. And he can only control what he can control, which is not much. Is it better to have someone who, with good intentions than someone without? Yes. But until Jesus is sitting on the throne of the earth, ruling, mm -hmm. there is no perfect leader. Right. And there is no perfect pastor. Amen. I am flawed as much as anybody else in this world. Let's start to get to some good news. Next slide. God's a God of redemption. Mm -hmm. Who is God? He's a God of redemption. Let's go to our next slide. We're coming out of 2 Corinthians 5.19. I'm reading from the Amplified Version. This is Paul speaking. He says, that is, that God was in Christ reconciling, we'll define that in a second, the world to himself, not counting people's sins against them. Oh, my God, is that in Scripture? Is God not counting people's sins against them? But canceling.
killing them. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation, that is restoration to favor with God. Saints of the most high God. We serve a God of redemption that once we receive Christ as suitable payment for our sins and Lord and Savior, hallelujah, our sins are no longer counted against us. I don't believe the church as a whole, I'm not just talking about living what is Christian Center, but the church, Christendom, understand that when Jesus died at the cross and those of us that accepted him as Lord and Savior, our sins are canceled. There'd be a whole lot of perspectives here in January, amen, through churches all across the world if we understood that our sins are canceled. These are not my words. These are the words of the Apostle Paul as inspired by the Holy Spirit. Let's get to our main point here. Reconciling. How, what does this mean? What was God reconciling? Uh, uh, the, uh, that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself. What does this mean? Reconciling. It's a Greek word. Katalaso. And it means to receive one into favor. He, God, does not impute to men their trespasses. He, God, has deposited the doctrine or teaching of reconciliation in the souls of the preachers of the gospel to be restored to the favor of God, to recover God's favor. God in Christ, Christ being God, was reconciling the world to himself or bringing the world back into favor. He became sin that we might become the righteousness of God. Who is God? A God of redemption to buy man back from his sins. Where did he use his currency? His own flesh and blood. He had to put on flesh and die as a man to cancel Adam's and all of our sins. Who is God? The God of redemption. Redemption means to buy back, to atone. Hallelujah. Who's God? Next slide. God's a God of love. God is love. Who is God? When you think of God, think of love. Don't think every time it thunders and lightnings, oh, that's God. Think of God as love, that that lightning is not going to hit me because he loves me. That thunder, hallelujah, is not going to shatter my stuff because uh, God is love. All right, we're going to 1 John 4, 16. Is it on the screen here? Okay. This is that same John the Elder. He says, and we have known and believed the love that God hath to us. God is love. Who is God? Love flows from God. Only a God with a nature of love would have created the universe. A mean, selfish, sin-seeking, sin-conscious type of God would not have made the universe and certainly would not have made mankind. You know, even the scientists say that the earth is perfectly suitable for life. And no other place in the universe that they've discovered is suitable for life. I'm going to say something controversial. Science and those that believe in scientism would have us to believe that the sun is at the center of the universe. I'm going to, this is very controversial. This is out there. I understand. But let's think of a God of love. Does it make you feel uncomfortable if I told you that the earth is at the center of the universe and that God, we are always on the mind of God? 
See, the theory that the sun is at the center of the universe says that we're afterthought. We just evolved out of glup and water and single cell organisms. And we're an accident. God was intentional in making man and we are the apple of his eye. We are the highest creation. We are made in his image and his likeness. God is love. And he's focused on you and I. Who is God? He is love. Let's look at this word love. Hallelujah. Well, let me finish the scripture. God is love and he that dwelleth in love dwelleth in God and God in him. This word love is agape. We've all heard of this before. Greek word. Hallelujah. Affection. Love. Goodwill. Benevolence, that's the same as goodwill. God is holy love. His nature is summed up in love. His nature, his will, his intellect, his emotions are love. Yes, he's God of justice, as we mentioned before. But he's also a God of love. And there was a place where his justice and his love came together. It's called the cross. God in his justice and his fairness and his morality had to punish sin. He had to. To be equitable, to be fair, to make things right, he had to punish sin. But instead of punishing it on the body of you and I, he put on flesh and allowed him to be punished in our stead. The cross is the intersection of God's justice and his love. Well, God must punish sin. Well, he did at the cross. Who is God? God is love. Hallelujah. Almost done, y'all. Next slide. God loves each one of us. You know, often as human beings, when we don't have this higher understanding about God and his nature, we look for love from one another. And yes, we are social beings. Yes, God made us to love one another, to receive love, to interact with one another, to spend time with one another, to celebrate one another. Uh, all these things. He did, he did all that. Hallelujah. Glory to God. But the starting point should be that I know that my God loves me because that's who he is. When I was giving you the testimony that I thought that God was trying to kill me, what it was really saying, I didn't know who he was. I was an ordained minister. I had engaged in all the religious activities that you have and many Christians around the world have. But to that point in my life at 30 Five years old, ordained and pastoring a church, I didn't know who God was. I engaged in religious acts. I had praised him. I had danced. I had sacrificed all for him, but I was sacrificing it for a person I didn't know. I didn't know him. I had been to seminary. I didn't know him. And most importantly, I didn't know he loved me. God loves each and every one of us, despite the hard things we go through. Despite us not always getting what we want, God loves us and has our best intentions. Let's look at it in John 3.16. You know the scripture. I'm reading from the Amplified Version. It says, For God so greatly loved and dearly prized the world. He valued every human being. He loved, valued, and cherished each one of us, that he even gave his one and only begotten son, that God the Son came and put on flesh of a man and was sent by God 
so that whosoever believes and trusts in him as Savior shall not perish but have eternal life. You know, eternal life is no more than Jesus giving us his life. We have the life of Christ, that living water, active in our lives. How do you know God loves you? He sent his son to die in your place. You, was, you and I were supposed to go to hell because of our sins. But Father God, and empowered by the Holy Spirit, Christ came and died in our place. Greater love have no man than this, than to lay down his life for his friends. He laid down his life for you and I. And the slight suffering that we go through during our 70, or 80, or 90, or 100 years, or there's even, you know, people, I think there was a, a lady the other day that was like 116 or something like that that died. The slight time we have on earth is nothing that can be compared to eternity. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We were meant to live forever. Hallelujah. So to wind this up, amen, hallelujah, last slide, and I'm closing here, hallelujah. Conclusion, who is God? Who is God? God is a supreme, is a supreme being. He's sovereign. He's highest. He's head. He's supreme. Sovereign means one ruler. God is creator. Everything we see, everything we experience is created by God. God is one being. We don't worship many gods. We're not pagans. We worship one God. God is a complex unity. This God, amen, is three in one. It's complex. Doesn't make sense to our human minds, but he is God. He is one plus one plus one equals one to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He's complex. He's beyond our understanding. He is beyond our logic. He is complex. He is God. God is immutable. It means unchangeable, fixed, set, inflexible, consistent. He's the most consistent person you'll ever know. Amen. He's always going to be there when you need him. Guess what? Pastor Brown may not be there when you need him. Maybe I got to work. Maybe I'm tired. Maybe I'm off my game that day. But God's always there. God is a spirit. His very essence is spirit. It's immaterial. It's devoid of fleshy or earthly matter. He is spirit. He's different from us. We live in flesh, but he is spirit. Hallelujah. God is moral. He has virtue. He knows the difference between right and wrong, and he chooses right all the time. He's fair, he's kind, he's reliable, he's stable. He's, he has a fixed approach to make wise decisions. You know, I know we expect our political leaders, our leaders of um, our, our municipalities, our bosses to be fair, equitable, and, and, and right, and just, and make good decisions, but they are human. You know what I think sometimes? We don't really want to live in reality. No, I don't mean that you should be doom and gloom all the time and be sad and depressed. I mean, the reality of it is every day we walk on earth, all of us are imperfect and make mistakes. And there is racism and there is sexism and there are different alternative lifestyle choices that people make. And there is... Uh, war and there's murder and there's all these things, hallelujah, there's inst uh, instability, there's uh, adultery, there's fornication, there's all, there's all these things going on, hallelujah, because man is living independent of God. That God help us, many of us as Christians are living independent of God. And we call bad good and good bad. God will never do that. We only slept with him because I love him. We're trying to call bad good and good bad. Marriage is under attack. We call marriage bad. 
the old ball and chain. We call it marriage bondage. We're calling it bad. I ain't never getting married no more. That which God designed for good, we call bad. And pat ourselves on the back about it. I'm talking about mankind. Hallelujah. In the life of, a, you know, the bachelor, the life of the bachelor, we call good. He's with many women. Anybody, uh, this is a little off, this is a little to the side, amen, but is, is anybody having your family, so a man who's got multiple children, been with multiple women, and he's very popular in your family? <laughs> we all love him. This, in, uh, this inconsistent, this unstable, this irresponsible person we all love and celebrate because he's been with multiple women and has multiple children. We call that good. Now, I'm not here to throw the person in jail. They're all human. They are fallen. But let's not celebrate it either. The little subtle things that we believe and we see, we call good. Who's the most popular person in your high school? Is it the boy to get all the girls? <laughs> we call that good. No, we're not condemning and beating people up or being holier than thou. I'm just saying, let's not call bad good. God is good. And often we call God bad. On your insurance policies, in your riders, hallelujah, when something bad happens to your home or your car, it's called an act of God. That tornado was an act of God. Well, we see in Scripture that Jesus rebuked the tornado. It's not God. It's not an act of God. It's an act in a fallen world, and we have a devil who roameth around, who goeth around seeking who he may devour. All right, that was a little off. It's a little rant. All right, God is a God of redemption. God's looking to bring all of, and he corrected me because I was just putting Christians here before. He corrected me. He said, God is looking to bring all mankind into favor with himself through Jesus Christ. God would have that all would be saved and none would be lost. All of mankind, even the player. Hallelujah. Trying to redeem the player. Hallelujah. God is, God is love. God's essential nature is, is love, and he wants to bestow this love upon all of mankind through Jesus Christ. He corrected me there again I was, when I was typing this out. Amen. He wants to bestow his love on all of mankind. And lastly, God's love loves each of us as demonstrated by him sending Christ to die as a payment for all of mankind's sin. This is who God is. So there's some... Even for me, there is some eye-opening awakening that we have to have towards God. If we are to properly represent God, if people are to know his true nature, his true intentions, we've got to know who he is. Mm -hmm. We've got to know who he is. The, the disciples were surprised that he would go and talk to the woman at the well. The Jews were surprised that he was merciful to the woman caught in adultery. They were surprised uh, that he would spend time with blind, blind man Bartimaeus. They were surprised that he would be minister into Matthew, a tax collector. Tax collectors were seen as the worst of the worst. They were surprised because Israel, who was waiting for their Messiah, could not recognize God when he came in the flesh. And saints, my own testimony, as I've said over and over today, I didn't know who God was. And I thought I was preaching the good news. But I was really preaching about people's sins and that how they need to get themselves together, which is not the gospel. God is loving, kind, and is a God of redemption. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. And he is a God of love. Amen. 
Let me end here. I'm done. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Friends, if you were impacted by this message about Jesus Christ and want to receive his love and forgiveness, say these words with me. Say, Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Please forgive me of all sins, transgressions, and iniquities. I believe you died to pay the penalty for all my sins, past, present, and future. I believe you rose from the dead as the evidence that Father God accepted your sacrifice for my sins. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen. Friends, if you said that prayer sincerely, you are saved and one day going to heaven. So God bless you. God loves you. And go on with the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you for joining us at I Am Robert A. Brown Ministries. We hope the message blessed you and unveiled the love of Christ to you in a greater way. God bless.